This is Unmind with Great Cloud Michael Elliston Roshi. Zen equals less is more. Less is more. Less is more, some say. Others, more the merrier. I say, more is less. In the last segment of Unmind, the second installment discussing the sameness and differences I have noted in teaching Zen or design as a profession, I wrapped up the essay by mentioning the concept of control as it might apply to either or both. Quote, In meditation circles, we often hear phrases such as, quote, controlling the breath or, quote, emptying your mind of thoughts. These represent attitudes 180 degrees from that in Zen meditation, which is not one of exerting control, but rather relinquishing any real or imagined level of control, close quote. Using that as a springboard for this segment, let's examine our approach to Zen meditation in the context of the well-known adage from minimalist design, less is more. According to Google, quote, minimalism is exemplified by the idea of, quote, less is more, as first coined by architect Ludwig Mies van der Rohe. The idea that less may be more in applying the method of Zazen is implicit in many dimensions of the character of Zen training, from Buddha's middle way of moderation to the chop wood, carry water practicality of the Chinese history. The seven items a monk was allowed to own and the sparse serenity of the Zendo interiors of Japan with their starkly minimalist sand and rock gardens. The Institute of Design during my years there in undergraduate and graduate studies was housed in the basement of Crown Hall while the Mies School of Architecture was on the upper floor. His contribution to minimalist architecture lay in the combination of glass and steel to construct high-efficiency buildings, of which Crown Hall was an early archetype. Another aphorism from design thinking that I mentioned, quote, there are many design ideas that are simple in concept but difficult in execution. Zen may be the poster boy for this truism. Zazen is irreducibly simple in design, but Zen can be maddeningly difficult in daily execution. This is where I would like to begin this segment. Thinking about meditation, particularly Zen's Zazen, as I understand this excellent method, as Master Dogen repeatedly referred to it, it occurred to me that during Zazen, 
as a process of unlearning or subtracting the preconceptions we harbor as to our conventional take on reality, we might usefully question a variety of such attitudes and concepts as to whether we are unintentionally, perhaps even unconsciously, striving to attain something as a presumed goal of our practice. Only if we recognize that we are doing so can we then consciously relinquish that particular problematic attitude or opinion and see what it is like to sit without it getting in our way. A number of these came up for me, which we can consider one at a time, perhaps extending into the next segment. They are expressed herein with the suffix of hyphen less, which implies, quote, the absence of. Let's begin with the very idea of goals in general, embracing the approach of letting go of our predilection. Goalless meditation. Of course, we all sit in meditation with some kind of goal, whether simply to calm the mind under stress, to get back to normal, or more deeply to wake up to reality, which might be said to be the principal goal of Buddhism. But Master Dogen cautions us in Principles of Seated Meditation, Fukanza Zingi, to avoid taking goal-setting too far. Quote, Think neither good nor evil, right or wrong. Thus stopping the functions of your mind give up even the idea of becoming a Buddha. Close quote. In other words, resist setting up what seems to be a more lofty goal in place of the pedestrian objectives we might associate with meditation. Which begs the question, can we do away with all goals and objectives, at least while we are sitting? We might say that it is not that Zen meditation has no goal, but it is just that the actual goal is too deep and too broad to be expressed in words, especially a priori. We meditate to discover the goal. Timeless meditation. Most instructions for meditation include imposing time constraints on it. For example, by setting a timer using an app with a built-in alarm, burning a stick of incense, or following the schedule of timed sessions on retreat or during daily practice at a Zen center. When we experience the latter, sitting with somebody else tracking the time, we feel somewhat liberated from the necessity of thinking about the time or paying attention to the clock. Someone else is doing that for us. When we take a turn as timekeeper, Doan in Soto Zen, we experience the discipline of being responsible for others' time on the cushion. Both are highly recommended. 
But someone once said that in Zazen, quote, the barriers of time and space fall away. When I see someone restively glancing at their watch in the Zendo, I will often ask to borrow it. Then they are un- unable to indulge their fidgeting obsession with time, at least while sitting. This goes to the larger question of all the measurables associated with our meditation, such as how long we sit, how often, how regularly, etc., which are not as important as the immeasurable aspects that we simply never give up. We keep returning to Zazen in good times or bad for whatever time we have available for it. I recommend that occasionally, perhaps the next time you sit in meditation, that you forego your tendency to time the period. Sit without any stopping time in mind. Then you may finally re-enter real time which is not measured. Indeed, it is not even measurable. You may find that time is all you really have, that in fact, you have all the time there is. The reality of real time versus measured time is captured in the sardonic expression, quote, The man who has one watch always knows what time it is. The man who has two never knows for sure. Attributed as many such wisecracks are to Chinese origin. Effortless meditation. In his paraphrase of a brief Chan poem about meditation titled Zazen Shin, meaning something like an acupuncture needle or lancet for Zazen, something exceedingly sharp or pointed, Master Dogen points to the true meaning of right effort toward the end of the poem. Quote, Intimacy without defilement is dropping off without relying on anything. Verification beyond absolute and relative is making effort without aiming at it. Making effort includes assuming the posture, which is not always easy, especially when we overdo it, and breathing, which can be labored, especially when we catch a cold or during flu season. I have heard that the posture should feel more like a stretching sensation than physical effort, and that the breath should be more like a sigh than belabored breathing. My root teacher, Matsuoka Roshi, said, quote, the breath should be like a gate swinging in the breeze, first this way and then the other way, a rather pleasant, languid, relaxed image. And, he would say, Zazen is the comfortable way. This should give us pause 
in our pursuit of overweening effort, characterized as macho zen, which we get from our impression of Renzai's more driven practice of externally imposed discipline. I suspect that this mem is more a social dimension of the culture than having anything to do with the reality of Zen practice, other than inculcating a sense of urgency that we have no time to waste in getting after this most important and central great matter. In the next segment of Unmind, we will continue with this exploration of the less side of the practice. As a semantic curio, the English meaning of the prefix un, which in my Dharma name means cloud, connotes the opposite of something, or something very different, as in the Uncola campaign promoting the soft drink 7-Up, which I know dates me. It is similar in effect to the suffix hyphen less, which connotes the absence of something. If you have any suggestions along these lines for me to entertain in an upcoming segment, let me know. My list is quite long, but there is always room for one more consideration to eliminate from distracting us from our meditation. Unmind is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at aszc.org. You can support these teachings by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.